Thank you for joining us for Prairie Doc Radio. We're here to answer your medical questions. We'd be happy to take your calls at 692-1430. And uh, I think Rick will probably start with telling us about what this week's show is about, and we'll maybe have that as a bit of a topic today. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, of course, uh, the State South Basketball. Dakota, yeah, South Dakota Public Broadcasting has basketball on my mind, and so we are bumped. So the show that we're going to record tomorrow night will be uh, presented uh, the second Thursday of May. So, and that'll be the 11th of May. So we will not have live questions. So audience, we hope you'll watch, but we will not be able to take questions. So what's the topic? Well, the topic is healthcare cost. And it's really timely now. It's gonna be weird on the 11th of May because we're going to be doing a show on health care costs and it will be after the big vote and the push for the exactly. replacement of Whatever Obamacare. Whatever happens with the changes that are imminent. That are, yeah. So uh, if so, I was talking with my driver. We I drove to Sioux Falls and had radiation this morning and came back with Kevin Kephart. He was free to give me a ride and so of course, I read him the essay. I had given him part of the essay a week ago when he wrote, drove me. And uh, the essay is about cost. Uh, because if you analyze what um, the, the need we have in America for health care financing, there are two components, really. It is access to health care. In other words, can you get insurance? And then the cost of health care, whether if you have insurance, how much do you have to pay uh, in, in excess of your insurance or the cost it is for insurance and for our government and uh, and if you analyze it really access we have 20 plus million people more covered than we had prior to the ACA which is also another word for Obamacare uh, so it improved access uh, so that you significantly know, significantly although not everybody and if you think about the people who don't have insurance uh, or have any coverage, some of those people are immigrants, some of them are illegal, and you could say, well, they shouldn't have coverage, except what happens? They go to our emergency rooms, and what happens there? They get their health care in the emergency room, which is the most expensive health care we have. It's the wrong place to have them go. So if we could give everybody, immigrants, illegal or legal, um, the, the very poor, everybody had a primary care care provider somewhere. It would allow us to avoid the emergency room use where the biggest expense, which is increased technology, uh, is wasted. That's the big, the big expense. I think your listeners have always heard you talk about having a primary care provider. So this is a good time just to touch on that in that if a person, if the you know someone and they know you, you're going to get quality health care probably at the least expensive and also the best care because they know your symptoms and your health needs. So that the main point to to encourage everyone is to have a primary choose care. someone. And we see a lot of times, and particularly young men who don't have health care needs in that. 20 to 40 often they're pretty healthy people so they don't have a health care provider whereas women go in for an annual checkup uh, so we encourage men and they have babies too i mean you know women will get established with a health care deal men 
won't until they get sick. So it's nice to, to set up with someone. And I was listening to a report out of Sioux Falls um, with high blood pressure, and they're doing a project called the Big Squeeze, and they find a huge increase in blood pressure in the, that young demographic of men. And so that's a, a problem that's being missed because people aren't in that age group are not getting checked. So another reason to establish someone and then you're gonna have better health care and less expensive health care. You know, just take example blood pressure. The data in a 20 to 40 year old guy, uh, they did a study to, to monitor people who had health care, who didn't, who was followed, who was whose blood pressure was monitored, who had high blood pressure and they ignored it versus who didn't. The people who had high blood pressure and w- ignored it had less noodle they they were less bright they lost brain strength uh they were uh, more forgetful they have you know it's just a process of the the high blood pressure over a long period of time makes you lose brain tissue so uh there's a reason to control your blood pressure and one reason to establish a primary care provider when you're a 20 to 40 or 50 year old male uh, I think that's important. I don't, your point is really well exactly. taken. Exactly, and I'd say way before 50, because if you have high blood pressure all those years, you are potentially damaging your brain. And your heart. And, and your, your Actually, arteries. your blood vessels. Exactly. And, and so, what, what do blood vessel disease mean? It means stroke. It means heart failure. It means heart attack. It means kidney failure. Uh, it means uh, loss of blood flow to your legs. Uh, so, uh, blood vessel disease is something to be avoided. You know, that's the deal. So, we need to have primary care uh, people to prevent the problems that happen prematurely as we get older. And so, uh, no question about it, uh, access to health care is very important. But, let's put access aside. Uh, well, we could say, does it look like, do we need to take a break yet? If, if, you, if we do what the Republicans are doing, it's going to be less than access. Uh, the, the, uh, the Obamacare light, as the, the conservatives uh, like to call it because they don't want it, half, half, a third of the Republicans don't want it because it's too much like Obamacare because it provided access and in the, that way. Uh, and I think that the, this, the new health plan that they're going to have basically is going to, we're going to lose access. The poorer people are going to get it in the shorts again. So potentially increased costs because we'll be back to ER care versus. Right. Well, if you look, okay, so there's two parts, let's, right? Access. Let's, let's, let's take that break we talked about. Well, just I want to, I'll, I'll give it to you. Access and cost. What is being done about cost? Obamacare, ACA didn't do much, Okay. And there's not one thing that I see in the Republican plan that talks about addressing cost, except the government doesn't have to pay. That's the cost savings, quote unquote. But well, it's not it reducing be. the cost for everybody. And eventually, the government is really going to have to pay more. Right, because just it, the exact reason with the ER care. Right. Emergency department. Okay, well, uh, think about your questions having to do with health care costs, and we'll be right back after this message. Doc Radio. We've been talking about healthcare costs, but we certainly are open to other questions. And uh, one topic we were talking about here in the studio are, are allergies. We are going to be hitting that season. And I know I see worse uh, problems with the people I see when we have wind like this. Yeah, this and is it a, gets stirs up so much. Yeah. But I want to go finish 
the, oh, I'm sorry. the healthcare issue. Okay, go ahead. Okay. My, my, my point on this one is a lifelong Republican I've been until this healthcare debacle, and I've just I've been so disgusted with it, I switched parties. I couldn't take it. I'm just disgusted with this. And not to say that, it, uh, that ACA was, was great. They, they, they lost an opportunity to do some important things on cost. But we needed to get access first. That was the ethical thing. And so we got access. Now let's fix it to make it so that we can control costs. That's not what they're doing. They're not controlling costs. It's just absolutely not there. So I'm frustrated. Let me put it that way. And my and the show that we'll be showing will talk about options and treat you know, options to reduce costs. And so I you know, we'll hear those things. You'll hear them. May 11th, uh, and, and as a guest, we have uh, Tom Dean, uh, Dr. Dean from Westington Springs, who is truly uh, a world-renowned expert in this topic. So I'm, I'm very pleased about that. One thing that's, that is frustrating to me is that I, any new program, whether it's a program that you start at your church or whether it's a, something new at a school, it takes time. It takes uh, time to refine it refine fix the bugs exactly and it feels uncomfortable that we're there's thoughts of starting over versus refining but i I know there's a hundred ways to look at it well i i would love to see the reduction in costs and i would love to see access particularly to primary care for everybody because that would help control costs and then you can work on the emergency room which is our worst spot because it needs a lot of work because what happens in the emergency room now is that's where all of the advanced technology gets thrown at people you know instead of a careful exam and a careful listening then you go right to doing the the cat scan and in some in some instances but not always right well (laughs) i'm i'm just frustrated now let's let's um let's talk about the issue of of course the next week's show is on narcotic abuse. We'll talk about that next week. And um, uh, uh, overuse of narcotics uh, and prescription narcotics. Fully a half of all the narcotic overdoses that kill people. Half a million people in the last 15 years dead from narcotics. Half of the narcotics were prescription narcotics. And the other half were uh, uh, black market so there is a real issue there, and we'll talk about it next week. But uh, let's talk about the springtime allergies. Because What do you think about the wind? Do you see that, that it worsens absolutely. things? Absolutely. You think about it. You definitely uh, can note when you're driving across South Dakota that uh, the blue sky is not as blue when the wind is blowing like this, particularly when you don't have decent ground cover uh, that's growing somewhere, holding the dirt down. Uh, and it'll get worse uh, if this wind continues over the next month. Uh, but this this is the season where we're going to start seeing the first big-time allergy part of the season, and that is the tree, the tree allergies. And so um, trees will start blossoming, and their pollen goes out, and then we'll see people start getting the classic picture of allergy which is scratchy eyes and sneezing if you have that 
the, I think the best thing to do is the steroid nasal sprays and get started right away along with Allegra or Zyrtec. Now, our allergy friends talk about a time period to start prior to allergy season. Explain that a little bit to the listeners. Right. So the steroid nasal spray takes about a month to really kind of kick in, to turn down the nose, right? Well, right now, it's coming. So if you're a person who is bugged by allergies in the summer, you have seasonal allergy. In other words, it happens in the spring or maybe in the summer or maybe in the fall because those are the three things the, the tree allergies in the spring the grass allergies in the summer and the the weed allergies in the fall and well where's mold mold comes in there too. mold happens when the snow melts because there's a lot of mold on snow so uh, right mold, now right now uh, mold uh, also it can be anytime um, i can tell you that one other one over played mold problem is the black mold that people have to bring in and pay all this money to clean up and all that stuff that's just a bunch of hooey somebody got a uh, opportunity to make a lot of money uh it's mold that's it it's not that dangerous so i mean of course you shouldn't be you know exposing yourself to great amounts of mold when you when you know cover your face with a mask when you're messing with moldy old drywall that's been wet wet wall <laughs> so you have some thoughts about that, though. I, I can see them rolling up in uh, in Bob's mind. What are you, you going to say? I was thinking about you, you, there was a, a department within the federal government for the National Oceanographer Atmospheric Whatever Department. So they, they, the test that they did is they had a, a, a jet that flew way up high, two miles above the Earth, basically, and pulled a butterfly net. It wasn't what it was, but that's what they were trying to accomplish. Right. They, they were trying to filter out dust and particulates and pollen and bacteria to see what they could find. At okay? two miles above the two earth. Two miles above, 10,000 feet. You know, in the springtime, you'll see little bitty spiders climb up on fence posts and things and yeah. spin some silk, and then they let themselves get carried away? Yeah. They were catching them two miles above the earth. Oh, is that right? Isn't that something to think, though? Wow. So... They could they could float to Hawaii on the on the trade winds basically. Yeah. So just think about how bacteria, you know, and fungus and mold, it's gonna blow all across the whole earth. So how did the islands throughout the Pacific? That's right. Get trees and plants, lizards and frogs Licks and things. And, you know, yeah. there it is. Amazing. It is. We are uh, very connected. If you and the other thing we we talked about the the biome of the body uh in the, uh, one of my um, pre-med student friends is a biome expert you know that was what his research was in and uh and we found when we were starting to do genetics testing and we were scraping skin and doing bowel exams and so on and so forth and we're biopsying every organ and so on and so forth to find out what genetic things are going on inside we found that there were as many cells or more cells of non-human cells on us uh particularly on the outside and through cells. the gi non-human more than, than human. more than human cells in fact one estimate was 10 although there, the controversy is well maybe one or two two times, times. as many uh non-human cells that are growing on us there are a lot of things going on outside the 
uh, what what we see. <laughs> so would you consider that to be a symbiosis then? Do do Absolutely. we do we benefit? I know if like in our digestive tract. No, you had a very interesting article that I enjoyed reading the other day about how you can upset the natural flora by taking too many antibiotics. I think all of us have had that happen to us. If you've had an infection and you've taken a long-term antibiotics of some form, it upsets your stomach. It I, does things. I just read in the J- Journal of the American Medical Association a review about the food that we eat and the cellulose in the food that we eat and the value of the cellulose to the natural biome. Biome really refers to the genetics of the biota. The biota is the real word. And maybe we should just all call it normal flora. The normal flora that it lives in our gut and on our skin and in our tears and in our face and our nose and our mouth and everywhere. Teeth. You know, we have a natural symbiotic relationship with all these bacteria, viruses, yeasts, parasites, little bugs. All of them are living on us and making us live better. And, and when we mess that up, it's a problem. So part of the JAMA article, the J-A-M-A article, was about the value of the food that we eat. And more and more I'm reading, you know, and I've made a big fuss about the whole thing is all on exercise, really. Exercise, exercise. Sure, we can eat less, blah, blah, blah. But um, if I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking obesity. I am talking about biome. And the real truth is that the more fresh fruits and vegetables we eat i mean real vegetables that we eat the better we are sounds good what if you now this kind of in a way has to do with in i've heard you talk about this before i've read some about it um how people will reintroduce their gut bacteria by retaking in fecal material that contains bacteria oh yeah is this relatively new well, we've been talking about it for 20, 30 years. But it but hasn't been happening. It hasn't long. been happening until in the last 10 years, really. I've been re- reading it now. You know, it's in Sioux Falls where you can have a, a what is called a fecal transplant. And what they do is, you know, people who are dying from C. difficile overgrowth weed infections of their colon because they've been on too many antibiotics. Not truly weed, but like weed-like. Weed-like. <laughs> Uh, invasive uh, uh, flora that is not normal. It's the un, unnormal flora that has been invading because we have killed off our normal flora that is sort of like grass in a, in a yard. You kill the grass and what comes back? Grass? No. Weeds. Immediately. So the, the, the C. difficile infection occurs. What they do is they try to kill it as much as they can and then they inject from somebody who's really darn healthy, their uh, fecal uh, samples in a slurry from a colonoscopy. So you inject the colon uh, fecal transplant, and it's sort of like a a taco, you know, or actually (laughs) they talk about, you know, probiotics is the same story, but the problem is our guts are so effective in killing anything that we put in our gut, uh, you know, that uh, we we don't um, get it into the colon. What's the real purpose for the hydrochloric acid in your stomach? Is it to break down the food, or is it to kill the bacteria? Both. Okay. If you if you block the hydrochloric acid with a 
uh, acid blocker like Prilosec, Omeprazole, Zantac, all, all of those, uh, then you have a higher incidence of aspiration pneumonia because the food that's in the gut can, we commonly aspirate that and, and, uh, and you know, you set up an infection from that. Uh, you have a higher incidence of C. difficile infections, overgrowth infections that I'm talking about in the colon. It sets you up for uh, messing up with your normal flora. And the GI tract is supposed to have acid. It's supposed to have uh, alkaline made in the, in the pancreas that counters the acid in the stomach. And on that note, we need to take another break. Uh, we'll be right back. Please call your questions in to 692-1430 for Prairie Doc Radio. Supposedly, that's I'm not sure. I'm you know both of us coming from Viking stock. Uh, we we hate to we hate to talk about that. But when they were going to go to battle, they wanted something to give them a little extra added aggression. So they found out that this particular mushroom would do that. But it was also kind of poisonous. And if you ate it, you'd be kind of loopy and you couldn't fight. But the byproduct was the guy that ate them would then save his urine, and all the other Viking members would drink, drink the, the urine. urine. They would get to get up and go, but they wouldn't be all psychedelic. So, <laughs> Wow, uh, that's an interesting story. Are we uh, live? Was we that, are, you yeah. bet. <laughs> okay, this is Prairie Doc Radio. Uh, we do get off on some tangents. Um, well, those Vikings, you know. Uh, there's a lot of stories about Vikings that are kind of fun. <laughs> okay, let's move on to another health topic. Uh, what else is or should we be looking for? You mentioned uh, suicide. Unfortunately, that was something we discussed that it that is more common uh, in the spring, and so we wanted to yeah. talk a little. Why bit Why do about you think about why is it a, more often in the spring, Joni? Well, the theory is that you're so low in the summer, or excuse me, in the winter, that as you start coming out of that low, as you're seeing more sunlight and you're starting to feel a little better, that that's when people have enough energy to to move on those self-inflicting thoughts. Now, I, I urge our listeners to get help versus doing that. There is help always available, always available. And no one needs to take that step. No. And I, my sense is that it's a bad choice. Every time I've ever seen anybody who's not succeeded in it but tried, and I've cared for, you know, tons of people who have uh, made efforts at suicide, didn't, I've also had people who were successful. But the ones who weren't successful, I could talk to afterwards. I could interact with. And over time, after, you know, you would... You, they would all, to a person, say, what a bad choice that was. I, I was not thinking right. I was so down that I just couldn't pull myself into thinking that it would, never, that it would ever end, and I needed to escape. And, you know, when people get that sad, that down, uh, it's very dangerous. It really takes a lot of courage for people to step up and say they need help. And so for those people, if, if you listeners have done that or if you are in a situation, wow, we applaud that strength that it takes. To no one wants to be vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. but we are there. Uh, healthcare providers are there for you. So be vulnerable f- to us and we're it, there to help. It's private. My sense is that, remember those words, courage. You know, it takes courage to ask for help. 
it takes courage to not give up and and commit suicide uh, pull the courage uh, out of your heart and soul uh, and 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 bring it out and I'll let it uh, help you seek uh, help and and there it is I think you know uh, I was writing about unconditional love on uh, uh, because this week this week uh, because a friend was saying you know I don't feel as as confident now in my older age as I did when I was younger when my parents were there to tell me that whatever I did was just really great and there isn't that true that the parents telling you no matter what I I love you unconditionally that doesn't mean that we don't have discipline around in this house <laughs> but I love you unconditionally how wonderful that is but you don't have to get it from your parents uh, you can get it from friends. Well, and and that's what churches are for. And if we're if churches are following, I what? should say Christian churches, and because I, I can't speak for every other, but I think many churches. others that many it's others. it's about community and it's about loving one another and uh, loving each other unconditionally. Talk with someone when at your in, church unconditionally, no question about it. So uh, one of the things that's important to realize is the most powerful treatment we have for depression uh, is a combination of one exercise number two a friend or a counselor or a physician or a nurse practitioner or PA with whom to bounce thoughts off of Uh, number three medicine helps Uh, and and a fourth thing is that um, unbelievably uh, even though this the one flew over the cuckoo's nest has made this a uh, uh, sound like a bad thing that but shock therapy is very effective non-medicinal method of helping people with depression and it really really works they even now have what's called mag- magnetic electron magnetic therapy you know it's the it's the MMR it's the um, it's using the same kind of machines that we use to study the brain or to even, you know, an x-ray of the knee. But it's... Uh, uh, a different form that helps with depression. Right. It's the electron um, magnet, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that will help the depression. So there's wonderful therapies. Well, and I think if, if you look at it, step back and think about how we have ups and downs in an every day that those same cycles occur on longer time frames and so when you have a kind of a crummy day but the next day you feel fine think about that if you're feeling bad for a couple of months that again you'll come out of that you it there's an upswing to it yeah. it's just a rhythm sometimes it's a rhythm it's an up and a down don't don't uh, let your down uh make you forget about the ups uh, it, it brings me to the, a case of a, a friend who committed suicide and who was manic depressive, no question about it. Uh, but his manic depressive swings were pretty rapid. I mean, he would be really good one day, and a, maybe a week later he is in the doldrums. And it was so rapid that we couldn't, we couldn't keep up on it. Uh, and, um, you know, he came to, for help, uh, and I provided it, and he's gone now. 
even if no no matter what and it, so it just it just breaks my heart that here this viable capable talented person is gone now and could have been there for his children and his well we ask friends. you to step out of of your pain sometimes maybe find a way to help others uh, get into a volunteer program talk to a counselor talk to your primary care provider any of those things that can help break the cycle are at least worth trying we can't say a hundred percent success but we always want to say uh, try something to break the cycle how much how many seconds do we have about 30 seconds well i mean you know don't forget us even through the march madness wasn't it great that the that the jacks won and the bobcats and the bobcats bobcats are going to state fabulous so uh until we talk to you next week we hope that you will uh, continue to be healthy and tune in for prairie doc radio next wednesday and stay healthy out there people